Good afternoon. Welcome to part two of what is worship in the New Testament. Uh, we've looked at this last video, part one of what is worship. Uh, it's described 60 times in the New Testament as proskinio. It's uh, G4352. And we looked at it in context of Matthew 4, 9, 10, which is when Jesus is talking to Satan and telling him that you should only worship the Lord your God. Um, in Revelation, in Acts 10, 25, and 26, where Cornelius falls before Peter and tries to worship him, he says, no, don't worship me, I'm just a man. And in Revelation 22, 8, and 9, um, where John is falling before an angel to worship him, he says, no, don't worship me, I'm just, I'm an angel, don't worship me. Uh, and we didn't get through it all because it was, it's a long study, and so we were down to just the book of Revelation, and then I want to look at the word serve in verse uh, which is happens in 21 times in the new testament and um is what we i'm hoping to hit today in the rest of this video um so we bring that all into context uh where, where the question is is worship but just bowing down before someone or is it actually an act of worship uh and i've had conversations with a jehovah witness and some people that uh, where it just means bowing down, and anywhere that it's before. So in the Jehovah Witnesses translation, um, they do a lot of work to try to make, to change the definition of the word to mean obscience, which is just to show reverence to. Um, and they change it any time you see it with Jesus, or, yeah, and just with other times they see of Jesus and and they're, they're shrouding the deity of Christ that Jesus receives worship. And if you go back and look at Matthew in the context, that Matthew's trying to make a very clear case that Jesus is receiving worship. Um, and, and Jesus is on words, you should only worship God. And so why are these people worshiping Jesus? Why is Jesus allowing them to worship him? Either he's God or he's not, and he's a... a receiving worship so what does that mean so it, either he's god or he's doing something blasphemous and many times the pharisees will try to stone him because he's being blasphemous but that doesn't change the fact that he's receiving worship and matthew's drawing attention to the fact that he's receiving worship now revelation it's used a whole bunch of times and we're going to look at those times um it starts here in revelation 3 9 now uh, so verses 8 Start in verse 8, just because I had to go back and grab context. I started this video before, but I needed to throw in some extra stuff to help us to understand. So, uh, Jesus is speaking in Revelation through to John, and John's recording down the words, and he's talking to the church of Philadelphia. Um, he says, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, no one can shut it. For you have little strength, have kept my word. And have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogues of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Now, upon initial uh, look-see, um, it looks like it says that they're worshiping the believers, but it's really not. It says worshiping before their feet. Uh... And so this is going back into context, like these people are keeping the word. They, they're synagogues of Satan. 
uh, meaning that they're not actually worshiping God, that they're worshiping something other than God, a, a false image of God, because they, they deny Jesus. Um, and if they're really a Jew, the they should believe in Jesus, their Messiah. And as they don't believe, as they um, disbelieve, uh, Jesus is really getting on to them in this and saying that, you know, you're, you're worshiping not God because you're... He, you're of Satan's kind. And it says, indeed, I will make them come and worship before you, before your feet, and to know that I have loved you. So these uh, disciples of the Church of Philadelphia, these um, believers are are in the right in who they're worshiping. And Jesus is saying that, that they'll, they'll bow down and, and worship in, in front of them. And so I, I want to point this out to you in Philippians 2, 9 and 11. A great, great verse. Therefore God ha- also has highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him, Jesus, the name which is above every, uh, every name. Now, that's Yahweh's name. That's God's name. God gives Jesus his name, which, which means that Jesus is Yahweh. Like, he's not going to share his glory with anyone else. He's not going to do these things to anyone else but himself so he he can freely give his name because he already has it uh, that is at the name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those of on earth and those under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father now at some point in time in the future God is going to be revealed and no one will be able to argue with God. No one's going to be able to say like, oh, no, 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 Uh, you're not God. I don't have to worship you. They will see him in his glorious state and they will not be able to deny that he is God anymore and they'll have to bow and worship. Now, that that doesn't mean that they're going to end up in heaven, but that upon um, him revealing himself, they'll they'll realize who he is and will worship him, but not to their benefit, although it, for God's benefit, but uh, so there's that. So there's also, um, yeah, this preposition before, which is here. So preposition um, in the Greek is, oh, I didn't put how you pronounce it. Don't ask me, G1799. And a preposition is just a word that, that is talking about a noun. So the noun here is feet. So they're worshiping it before their feet. They're not worshiping the believers they're not worshiping their feet it's a locational phrase of where they're going to be worshiping um yeah so that that's just what i want to say because they're i'm going to skip ahead to the very end of the list which we've already covered revelation 22 8 9 you're going to see similar wording but so i went and looked at the greek because we live in a wonderful time where i can google it and and look at the greek and see what what form what tense and everything it's in so now i John saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Now I'll pause there because, well, no, well, then he said to me, see that you do not do that for I am your fellow servant of, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. So here we have, it sounds very similar. I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. Now the word here before is a different word. It's, uh, N-O-P-O-N, G-1715, it's an adverb. It's different than 1799, which is a preposition. Now, an adverb is tied to a verb. So it's, it's, it's tied to the, the verb uh, worship. So there, he's worshiping the angel here. He's answering the question of, um, 
uh, who, what, where, when, or uh, how, where, and what. So how is he worshiping? Um, he's worshiping before the angel, or, or, or where is he worshiping, or when is he worshiping? He's, he's trying to worship the angel. He's falling down before the uh, the angel to worship him. So there there is a difference in the Greek sentence structure that we, we can't ignore. And in the English, it kind of gets shrouded because we don't have all the same words and stuff like that. But but here in Revelation 22, 8, 9, John's trying to worship the angel. He's bowing down to the angel. He's trying to worship the angel. The angel says, hey, no, 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 stop. Don't do that. So that's what this is saying. That is not what this is saying in Revelation 3, 9, that they're going to worship before your feet, meaning they're going to worship alongside you because Jesus here is, is not saying that you're going to worship or men are going to worship other men. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. Um, and, and so this is, this is how I understand this verse. This is what the Greek leads me to believe. Um, so I don't see this as being they're worshiping these believers or their feet. That's not what the Greek says. Um, the rest of these are much more clear. We'll go much faster. Revelation 4.10 the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worships him who lives forever and ever and casts their crowns before the throne saying, holy, holy, whatever. So again, we're worshiping him. So is this bowing down? Are these elders bowing down to God? Sure they are. Are they worshiping him? Yes, they absolutely are. Um, Revolution, Revelation 5.14. Uh, then the four creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Same throne room, same elders, uh, same worship of him who sits on the throne. Revelation 7.11. Ooh, I need to add a note. Uh, who sits on the throne? Oh, that'll add that to the, my study over there. Um, Revelation 7.11. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. No problem there. They're worshiping God. Are they bowing before God? Sure they are. But they fell on their faces. Well, they're already bowed, so they're not going to fall on their faces and then bow to God. Like, it's just, it's not how, it's not the context. It's not how it works. They're worshiping God. Revelation 9, 20. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands. They had that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Again, it's the concept of worship. They're not just bowing down before these idols. They're doing more than that. They're, they're giving them their, their heart and soul and mind, and, and they're worshiping demons. And This is a very real danger for us out there. So the word worship is consistent with what we've been talking about. Revelation 11, 1. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. There are people that are in the temple of God, and he's going, that are, they're worshiping at the temple of God. So what are they doing? They're bowing down. Okay, sure, but they're, they're worshiping. It's in heaven. They're not just faking it. They're worshiping the Lord. Revelation eleven sixteen, And the 24 elders, again, who sat before God on their thrones, fell on their faces and worshiped God. No problem there. <coughs> so they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Again, we see the normal understanding of the English word worship. They're worshiping the dragon, which is Satan. Um, 
and they're doing this, and you'll see as we go through some more of these, they continue to do this, and it's a bad thing to worship Satan. Just in case anyone asks you, should I worship Satan? No, we should not. Should I worship dragons? No, don't worship dragons. Only worship the Lord your God, who is Jehovah, who is Yahweh, who is Jesus. Uh, Revelation 13, 8. <clears throat> All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the lambs slain from the foundation of the world. So here is that passage that we're, we were talking about up here in Revelation 3, 9, where people are going to bow down, at, well, uh, fall on their faces and worship before the other believers. Here are those other believers that dwell on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So they're not, uh, they don't have salvation. They're, they're not going into the kingdom eternal, but they do worship the Lord as he's revealed. They don't have any opportunity, chance, or um, uh, they have no strength in themselves to not worship the Lord. They are giving to God his due, what, he, what he's owed, because he is uh, a almighty God um, that is worthy of worship. Uh, Revelation thirteen twelve. Mm, we have to check that 13.8. That may be talking about the Antichrist, who they're worshiping. I'll, I'll, we'll check that in a little bit. Um, Revelation 13.12, And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Um, so again, they're worshiping the first beast. The beast is not something that you should worship. Uh, let's check hold on, real quick. Woohoo, Revelation 13 8. Um, just so I don't forget because I, I forget things. I try to make notes, but so. Yeah. So, and that worship him. So, the him is referring to. Uh, the one that opens his mouth to blaspheme against God and the tabernacle, and it will be given to him to make war and overcome them. Power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth will, shall worship him. And we're talking about the person that blasphemes God, whose names are not written in the book of life. So, yes, yeah, so my mistake, that's not talking about the people that are worshiping God, they're worshiping this false image. Uh, make mistakes, it's okay to make mistakes. Just correct them when you do. Uh, Revelation thirteen fifteen. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So people that aren't worshiping the image of the beast are going to be killed because they're not worshiping Satan. Just, you know, don't worship Satan. Revelation 14.7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who has made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. Again, we see normal idea of worship here. <coughs> um, then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand. Um, so again, people that are worshiping the beast, bad stuff will happen to them. And the smoke, uh, Revelation 14, 11, and the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Forever and ever is a very specific term. And this is, I would like to do a little study on hell and heaven um, because a lot of people don't believe in hell. And here, uh, and the smoke of the torment ascends forever and ever. 
and they have no rest day or night. Those who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives his mark, forever and ever sounds like a very long time, not a not a finite time, not a an instance, but that's a study for another time. So worship the beast. So don't do that. Bad bad stuff will happen. Revelation fifteen four. Who shall fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments <coughs> have been manifested. So again, worship before you, Lord. Um, holy name. Um, consistent with what we've been looking at. Uh, so the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul, loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and the, who's worshipped his image. So again, beast, image, worship, bad, don't worship idols, because they're basically Satan. Um, Revelation 19.4, Then the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. <coughs> this is not new. They uh, fell down and then they bowed. That's not. That doesn't make any sense. Um, that's Pepito to to fall down. Revelation nineteen nine ten. Then he said to me, "Right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb." And he said to me, "These are the true sayings of God." And I fell at his feet and worshipped him. But he said to me, "See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony." Of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it's a similar thing, um, trying to worship an, a fellow servant. I think it's an angel speaking here. It says, don't do that. Worship God. Uh, Revelation 18.20, Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in the presence, by which he re- Deceive those who receive the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive in the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Uh, Worshipped his image. Very standard worship conversation there. Revelation 24, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and to the word of God. So they were beheaded because of their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So reigning with Christ, Christ is king. Go back and see the part where I talked about God is king and Jesus is great king. Both are king. Um, But there's only one king reigning, Jesus. So... Don't worship the image. Um, yeah, bad stuff will happen to you. It'll be okay. You've got a reward after this life. And finally, now I, John, saw that heard these things. When I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. They said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and of your brother and the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. So I don't think anyone's going to have any issue with me saying that you should worship God. So that's... All that I have for worship used 60 times in the New Testament, proskinio. Now, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses make a case that if we were really to be serving God, worshiping God, that we should use the word latreo. Um, so I, <clears throat> of course, being a good student of the Bible, went and did a little study on the word latreo, whatever that is. I didn't study how to pronounce it, sorry, um, which is G3000. 
and it's used 21 times. And here we have it. Uh, it's generally defined as to serve for hire, to serve, minister to, either to the gods or men, and used like to slaves and freedmen. So you can serve whatever, uh, and whoever can serve. In the New Testament, to render religious service or homage to worship. Okay, so it could be used for worship, and we'll see it a couple times translated as such, but let's keep going. To perform sacred services. Now this is important because we're going to see this a lot. To perform sacred services, to offer gifts, to worship God, in the observance of the rites instituted for his worship. So it's the very much religious aspect of worshiping God, like outward signs, fasting, uh, which shouldn't be outward, but um, tithes and other things. We'll, we'll see them um, in a moment. A, of priest to officiate to discharge the sacred office. So the act of um, to serve or latreu is, is basically the job of the priests. It's what they do. It's not necessarily like worship for common men, but, but it's much more associated with we're going to see a temple uh, worship. And it's really going to be kind of associated with things the way things were in the Old Testament. And it's generally not something that they're encouraging as we, we go through here. We'll see a couple differences, but we'll, we'll talk about them as we go across. So it's used once in the Matthew, Matthew 4.10. And we've already looked at this first. It's the second part of... Uh, Jesus talking to Satan, and it says, "And him only you shall serve." So, it does, should this be, better be wor rendered worshipped? And him only you shall worship. It doesn't hurt, but so I'm going to argue that worship's already there. So, this is better translated as serve. Um, but <coughs> him shall you worship. I don't have any issue with you saying that. It just doesn't make sense with concept you shall bow down you shall bow to the lord your god and him only you shall worship great fine uh it's used <clears throat> probably four times in luke starting in luke 173 and 74 uh, the oath which he swore to our father abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. So we're talking about Old Testament Abraham here. And Abraham uh, serves God um, without fear. Now, does he worship him without fear? He sure worships him without fear. I may put an asterisk next to that, but <coughs> um, I think this is better rendered like religious service might um, serve him without fear, excuse me. Luke 2, 37. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years old who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So how did she serve God? How did she, if we use the word worship God, with fastings and prayer night and day? So it's kind of like this outward <coughs> um, act um, that you can see, and it's at the temple. And those, the, the temple and these showings, the serving, I guess is a better way of putting that, servings of God are, are going to be visible. Because you don't, when you're in the temple or the church, they're going to see you. Luke 4, 8. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So here, again, there's the serve, same context. 
<coughs> we looked at previously <coughs> what worship means and what we looked at up here in Matthew 4. He's quoting the Old Testament, as you'll remember. It's used a few times in Acts. So here, Acts 7. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress the four, them 400 years. We're talking about way back when. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, says God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. Talking about the Holy Land or Jerusalem. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcision, circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. So he's, he's talking about, A, this is a reference to someone in the Old Testament serving. It's not a reference like we, we've read previously about Abraham. It's not about someone today serving God, but the way that he asked to be served back in the Old Testament. About the <coughs> outward appearance of uh, circumcision. This, this is a religious activity, a religious service. Acts 7, 41, 42. And they make, made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worshiping the host of heaven, as is written in the book of prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? So here is being referenced again in the Old Testament. Right after um, Moses goes up to talk to God face to face. Uh, the Israelites make a golden calf and start worshiping this golden calf after God saved them and was a pillar of cloud and fire and parted the Red Sea and did all those miracles and plagues. They started worshiping this golden cow. I, I'm going to say I don't know how they got there, but I'm a man, I'm a sinner, and I know that we just we have in us an innate desire to worship things. But so here they're they're offering up like religious service. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heavens, as is written in the book of prophets. <coughs> um, Old Testament reference. It's interesting, like uh, of us being asked to do stuff in the New Testament, we might serve God without fear, and that she served God in fastings and prayer in the temple, like. So far, we're not doing real good on, like, this is something, this is the word we need to be using, and this is what we should be doing with Jesus. Like, it's, it's very much referring to old times. <coughs> and then Paul, after the governor, had nodded to him to speak, answered, As much as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do more cheerfully answer for myself, because you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And then we talked about that, that's... And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone, nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me. But Because people that are against God use lies. Uh, verse 14, But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So it says here, uh, Paul is worshiping as... A Jew should worship in the Old Testament. He was still a Jew. He was still an Israelite. He was still uh, going to the feasts and the Passovers and those things. And I guess I need to make it a side note that, that those things are, uh, are dead. Go read Galatians. We don't need to um, offer up sacrifices for our sins anymore. The law has been fulfilled. We're no longer 
um, judged by the law, but by God's grace. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so he's saying, I'm worshiping the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the book of the law and the prophets. So it's, it's, it's talking about going to the temple for worship and, and worshiping in the, what's been prescribed previously. Acts 26, 7. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem. All the Jews know. They knew me from the first. If they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Talking about Paul. And now I stand and am a judge for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To the promise our twelve tribes earnestly serving God night and day hope to attain. Hope to attain. They're serving and hoping to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I'm accused by the Jews. So, as of right now, um, God made a promise to the 12 tribes. We're maybe talking more about Levi, but earnestly serving God night and day. He's, he's referring to the Israelites in the way that they're, they're serving God now. Earnestly worshiping God night and day. Uh, earnestly worshiping God presents a problem because they're not earnestly worshiping God. They're they're they've they're they're not worshiping Jesus, and so they're not fulfilling the duty that God has separated them for. So there, there's an issue of changing that to worship, but serving God is what he's saying, and it's tied to that Old Testament reasoning idea. Acts 27, 21 through 26, but after long absences from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid. Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. So we're going to destroy the ship, but we're all going to be saved. Just listen to me, guys. You should listen to me before. You didn't listen to me before, so listen to me now. But but here he's saying, for these stood by me the nine angel of the God of whom I belong and whom I serve. So could this be worship? Sure, it could be worship. Could it be served? Yes. He's, he, we, as we've been reading about Paul. He has been serving, doing religious acts in the temple in, in Jerusalem um, continually. Because <clears throat> he is still a, a Jew, an Israelite. Uh, is that saying that we believers need to serve in the same way? No, it just says that Paul served. Now, here we hop into the letters, Romans 1, 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve. Again, Paul wrote Romans, so he's being consistent between what he said and what he's writing. Because <coughs> Acts was written by Luke. Uh, with the, my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. So God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit. So he's serving in his spirit, which is a better way that we should serve. But it could be, you know, I worship with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Romans 1.25 uh, Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who, blessed, who is blessed forever. <clears throat> this worship is different <coughs> um, 
Sebazom Mai. I went and looked. It's only used once, and it's only used once here. Um, serve the creature rather than the creator. So they're doing service for the creature. They're not worshiping God. They're uh, serving a creature. They're worshiping. And so here's another word, worship. And if this were worship as well, it doesn't make any sense. Philippians 3.3, 3, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Here they've rendered the word worship. It could also be serve, as we've been looking at. For we are the circumcision who serve God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. <clears throat> so there is something that we need to be doing in the Spirit, and it's to serve God in the Spirit. We don't just serve him on, in the outward things, but we serve him in the Spirit. We also worship him in the Spirit, so... You know, either way it can go. Second Timothy 1 through three, one and 3. I thank God whom I serve, again this is Paul writing, uh, with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now here's this tie with prayers again. You see it there. I make mention for you in Romans 1, 9 in prayer. So there's this act that he's doing, that he's serving. Like, an action like I, I don't know how else to like make this any more clear like serving is a thing worshiping is a different thing they're similar hebrews 8 5 for if he were on earth he would not be a priest since there are priests who offer up gifts according to the law who serve the copy and shadows of heavenly things as moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle for he said see that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain <coughs> So here's, I didn't underline it, serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Now, so this is where I get my idea that the serving at the temple and these outward works is about the shadow of things to come. Like the serving that they did in the past and before Jesus' time is better described as the serve God in an in a acts in a very, I do this for you in hopes that you'll give me salvation. But see, now that Jesus has come, he says, it's not about doing the works. It's about having faith and believing. And through having faith, there will be works as fruit of the faith. But we're no longer trying to come to God through our works. And that's a, a, an entire Bible study on its own. Uh, Hebrews, and again, Old Testament. It's got the Old Testament, like, old pattern of worship. Hebrews 9, 6, and through 10. Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the services. No, I'm getting lazy. But into the second part of the temple went alone once a year, not without, without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people since committed an ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicated this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. Meaning, it's a shadow of things to come, as we read about in Hebrews 8.5. Like, it's not the real thing. It's a shadow of what will be coming. And that we're performing these services in this temporary tabernacle. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. So here they're, again, performing these services, these acts. It's not perform the worship perfect in regard to the consciousness. It's about our actions and how we do things uh, religiously. 
concerning only with foods and drinks, various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation. So again, it's tied closely to the things that we do outwardly, <clears throat> unless it says, you know, serve in the spirit. So here it's saying, it's talking about the old form of worship, which was a very outward oriented uh, style that they understood. Uh, same chapter, verse 14. Uh, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot or blemish, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so he's highlighting, we've just been talking about all these works, these outward appearances, these these things, and he's calling them dead works. He's saying that they're they're not the things that make you right with God. They're a shadow of the things to come, and but we're no longer held by that standard. So to serve the living God, we don't need to be worried about these ordinances, these uh, concerning with foods and drinks and various washings and flesh ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation, until Jesus came. <coughs> Hebrews 10.2 For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers, once purified, would have had no more concessions of sin. So we're talking about like a sin offering. And so it's translated here, worshippers, which would be servers, I guess, servicers. For those that served, once purified, would have had no more consciences of sins. Um, So he's talking about the, the temporariness of the... Uh, the lambs offered in temples, and so that if if by by animals' blood they they had been cleansed cleansed of their sins, but that that wasn't cleaning them. It was just a foreshadowing of Jesus coming to shed His blood for us. Hebrews twelve twenty five through twenty nine. See that you do not refuse Him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused Him who spoke on earth? Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So again, we're, we're offering religious service that is acceptable and unshakable. And so the, the things of this earth, the temporary, the outward, are, are all shakable. It's our faith that's um, the way that we should worship. Hebrews 13.10 Do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods, which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. Again, we're talking about like priests serving in the tabernacle. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. (coughs) Meaning it's no longer about the temple, it's no longer about that old style of worship that we we no longer worship on this mountain or in Jerusalem as Jesus was teaching the Samaritan woman that we now have access to God wherever we are because of the Holy Spirit has come to dwell with us. Uh, Revelation 7.15 And he said, These are those 
who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. So we see the service. Um, they wash their robes, one of those cleansing outward acts. They're doing something. Um, so they do this religious service, I guess, for him day and night in his temple. Could it be worship? Therefore they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night in this temple? Yes, but we also see that they did that in the use of the other word, proskino. So here they're doing something different, I would say. They're worshiping. They're not just bowing down. like They're, they're, they're serving him day and night. Revelation 22.3 And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now here I'm going to point out that but the throne of God and of the Lamb. So who's on the throne? God. It's, it's God's throne and it's the Lamb's throne. Throne of God and of the Lamb. Uh, for another time. But So the throne is for God and the Lamb. And his servants shall serve him. And so here are the people. It's very end, 22.3. Everything has been just, just, it's the very end of the Bible. The very end of time itself. And it says that, no more curse, uh, which is sin, um, our fallen nature, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, uh, and his servants shall serve him. Will they worship him? Yes. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm, I don't feel great. Um, his servants shall serve him. So serve him with acts, yeah. Religious worship, sure. Worship him, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting study on what is worship or serving God, Jesus. Um, maybe it's convinced you, maybe it hasn't. I pray that you'll be blessed and whatever I've missed, whatever you've got more questions on or whatever you're like, oh, whoa, 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 you've got a blind spot. Let me know about my blind spot because I want to see them too. So if anything stands out to you or you think, Jay, you just completely misinterpreted that, that Okay, let me know and I'll go back and, and fix it and look at it and tell me where I've got holes and problems and issues because it's a lot to kind of keep, keep in my head. Um, so please give me grace. Uh, this has been everything on worship and serving. I'm going to tell you that you need to worship God and Jesus. Do that thing. And through the scriptures it tells us that Jesus is worthy of worship, making him God. So... Um, <laughs> here the very last one was you need to serve they were serving before the throne of God and the Lamb well that means that you're serving Jesus so you're serving God and Jesus so yeah do that serve the Lord your God and worship the Lord your God too this is like I just want to go through those thank you for listening hopefully all that made sense and uh, just set it in perspective for you